if Christianity were ever to become illegal, would there be enough evidence in your life to convict you? I'm not entirely sure where this saying comes from, but what it's getting at is it's not enough to simply believe propositions of faith. But that belief in Jesus needs to translate into a transformed life. And this means that at times, especially when we're living in a culture that is not transformed by Christ, we need to be living differently from those around us. This is why St. Paul is saying to the Ephesians, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. And here he's speaking about those who do not yet believe in Jesus, those who aren't following the way. You must no longer live as they, are, they, as they do. And then he talks to them about what it means to, to put off the old self, your former way of life, and put on Christ, to put on the new self. It's important for us as Christians to understand this. And if we do not understand what Paul is saying here, it's going to be very easy for us to go and live like everyone else, not following God's way, but following, following the way of the self. And so what does Paul mean here? So he contrasts the old self with the new self. And the old self, he says that the Gentiles were living in the futility of their minds. It's a very interesting phrase. The word futility means useless. That their minds had become useless. For some reason, the lectionary here skips three verses in which Paul begins to say that their understanding was darkened because of ignorance and because of the hardness of their hearts. So in other words, without the truth that is revealed to us in Jesus, without knowing the truth, our minds become darkened by sin and ignorance. And therefore, our minds become useless. Rather than being primarily concerned with the pursuit of truth, our minds simply are left to justification and rationalization of what we want. The mind becomes useless, it becomes futile, and no longer serves its purpose. So the truth doesn't matter, what we want matters. And that's the darkened mind, the, the, the mind that is futile. And Paul says that, that such people have been corrupted through their deceitful desires. It's an interesting phrase he uses, deceitful desires. And we understand that as Christians, that pursuing pleasure outside of its normal order, that is pursuing pleasure in its own right, doing that is deceitful because those pleasures can never deliver what they promise. When we pursue pleasure in a disordered way, we won't find the peace, the freedom, and the joy, and the fulfillment that we're looking for. And therefore, pursuing those pleasures are deceitful. It, it's, it's a deception. And Paul is saying that those who have darkened minds, minds that are futile, are going to be seeking these pleasures, but it, they're never going to find what they're looking for. And we know this to be true in our own lives. But what's interesting is that he also says that they're corrupted by them. They're corrupted through the seeking of these pleasures. He says, when we, he says that ultimately that when we truly give ourselves to that, we have a certain corruption that comes upon us. So someone who's seeking these pleasures with a darkened mind, we begin to see that the, the primary question is, what's in it for me? Let me rephrase that. The corrupted, darkened mind is so he's always asking the question, what's in it for me? That's in many ways the manifestation and the result of sin. Sin is a turning inward on the narrow confines of the self that is a result of the ignorance and a corrupted mind. And what's so scary about sin is that 
we don't see it at times and we can get trapped into it. Sin itself causes blindness. And if we're not careful, that blindness can lead us to a place of, of un, unawareness of what God is trying to do in our life. And in the New Testament, it's interesting, and also in the Old Testament, there's, there's this understanding that God is coming to bring light to us in our, in our darkness. He's coming to reveal himself to us, reveal the truth to us, so that we who live in darkness might come alive, so that we might not be caught in error. That's what he's come to do with us. But if we choose not to repent from the sin that he reveals to us, then we, our minds become even more darkened, and then we end up rejecting Jesus. And this is exactly what happens in the gospel. People who refuse to turn away from their sin that Jesus reveals to them are the very ones who end up rejecting him. Minds have become darkened, and they can't even see him. Think about maybe someone in your family and among your friends who's living in serious sin, and you try having a conversation with him or her. It's like you're talking to a brick wall. They don't even understand what you're talking about. It's like you're living in a different world. That could be because of the power of sin, which has darkened their mind. The truth is, is that God is calling us to understand the truth, to live in the light of Christ, to live in his truth. But it's very sobering for us to recognize that we can, and sometimes do, fall into living like the Gentiles around us, if you may. It's, it's sobering for us to realize that we have the capacity to know the truth about God and walk away from him and live just like everyone else. But Paul is saying, and God is saying, we need to put off that old self and put on the new self. So what does Paul mean about the new self? Essentially, he's saying that this is God's way. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And earlier he says, you learn Christ, that the truth is in Jesus. You see, as disciples, when we come to know the truth, we come to realize that Jesus is a truth in our life that we need to fit into our life somewhere. A beginning disciple is looking to, how, to see how Jesus can fit into an already kind of filled life. But as we mature in our discipleship, we begin to realize that Jesus is not just a truth, he's the truth. He's the truth around which everything else is ordered. He's the truth by which we understand and see all of reality. And as we mature in Christ, we become more convicted of what he's revealing to us, that we have a good father who's compassionate and merciful toward us, who's longing for us to, be his, to live as his sons and daughters, a father who's freed us from sin and is calling us to love like him and to live like him. And that changes everything. And our minds being renewed by that truth, we begin to see that our response is not self-seeking, it's actually righteousness and holiness. The word righteousness just simply means a right standing before God. Jesus puts us in a right standing before God so that we can live like God, which is another word for holiness. And holiness is simply about loving others and loving God. You see, the old self, if the primary question is, what is it, what's in it for me? Then the new self, that is the Christian, the question is, how can I be holy? How can I love more? Or more specifically, how can I receive God's love more in my life? The difference between them could not be any more stark. The old self is marked by confusion, by pleasure-seeking, by a shallowness and superficiality of mind, by a darkened mind, by sin. 
And the new self is marked by an understanding and confidence in the truth, which is marked not by self-seeking, but by love, by seeking to give ourselves away as a gift. If we're honest with ourselves, we recognize that it can be very challenging to put off the old self and put on the new self, especially because of the context in which we live. We're living in a, in a world and in a culture that is increasingly ignorant about the truths of God, increasingly ignorant about the truths of Jesus and what he's done for us and how we live out of him, which means we're living in a culture that is becoming increasingly blind to what is true. And if, it's, if we're living in that culture, it's, it's not very hard for us to begin to, to believe what they believe, right? To start to get, to beginning to get lured into giving into deceitful desires and pleasures that, would, that really we think is going to make us happy, but they really don't. And so the truth is, is that we need to recognize with all humility that all of us are influenced by this. There's not a single one of us in this church that is not influenced by what is believed in the culture. And so we need to remember, make sure to put on the new self to have our minds renewed in Christ so that we can live in righteousness and in truth. So how do we do that? I'm gonna offer three ways. Number one, repentance. Repent to God for believing, like, believing what everyone else believes, for giving primacy in your heart and your mind to the things of the world rather than the things of God. Repent for acting like and living like all those people in your life that don't believe in Jesus because we're meant to live differently because of what he's done for us. Number two, renew your minds in the truth. We need to continually renew our mind in a deeper understanding of the faith so that we can live accordingly. If we as adults live with a third grade understanding of the faith, then we are going to be decimated by the sophisticated deception of our culture. And that's precisely why so many young adults are leaving the faith. They don't know what they don't know and they're buying and imbibing the lies of those whose minds are darkened. And when their mind is darkened through ignorance, it, it seeks the lower things and is trapped in this darkness of sin. So we need to make sure that we're studying our faith, that we're, we're not just reading the scriptures to make sure we get God's view on things, but we're reading Christian books, books that help us understand reality from a Christian perspective. We're reading not just political commentary, but maybe Catholic commentary, or Christian commentary on what's happening so that we don't find ourselves as simple, like simply sitting ducks to all those who want to tell us how to see reality. We have the truth in Jesus. And we need to take seriously what it means to study the scriptures, to study church teaching. And this is something that I'm gonna speak on more later, not today, but at a different time. Number three, resist the turn inward. Resist that what's in it for me mentality. And this is something that's very, very important. Rather, in your prayer, say, God, how can I be holy? How can I love my family more? Or how do you want me to love them? How do you want me to receive your love more? How do you want me to believe in you more? That turning into that relationality is precisely what the truth of Jesus does to set us free. If we pray like that and we, we renew our minds and we repent from living uh, in the old self, just like the Gentiles, I truly believe that we will be able to become the people that the world is desperate to see. Because if we don't have, if we live just like everyone else, we have nothing to offer them.